Welcome to Pharmacy View Podcast, where we provide regular interviews with pharmacists and key people within Australian pharmacy and the associated global industry. In this stream of podcast episodes titled Rx to Riches, we delve into the evolving global pharmacy landscape, exploring the challenges and opportunities, and examining the current state of retail pharmacy across the globe. With each guest, we discuss the hurdles they face and the potential growth areas that may shape a brighter future for your pharmacy or industry-related business. I'm your host, Michael Alexander, pharmacist, digital health enthusiast, and co-founder of Ottery, an AI-powered communication intelligence platform serving the healthcare industry across the globe. My guest today is proudly brought to you by Shopfront Solutions. For all your shelf and digital marketing needs, part of the Arion Technologies Group. All right, welcome to the Rx to Riches podcast. My guest today is Canadian pharmacy owner, Aryo Mehrabi. Aryo began his pharmacy career in his native country of Iran before immigrating to Canada a little over 10 years ago. He's here to talk about his pharmacy journey, his experience as an immigrant in Canada, and how he eventually became the owner of two retail pharmacies in the Canadian countryside. Aryo, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Uh, hi, Michael. Uh, as you said, I'm Aryo Mehrabi. <laughs> and uh, yes, so yeah, we came about uh, 2010 to Canada and uh, started uh, joining the pharmacy profession. But I don't know, I wait for you to ask questions and then maybe I go from there. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think that you started us off really nicely and I uh, want to dive into uh, your journey from growing up. Uh, and becoming a pharmacist in Iran, and, and then eventually deciding to immigrate to Canada. So why don't we why don't we start there? Why did you pursue a career in pharmacy, and and how do you decide to immigrate to Canada? Uh, yeah, so it's a long story then. But you know, to be a uh, you know in in Iran, you know here kids go to some college and some university, and then they decide what to be, especially in the to be a lawyer, to be a physician and pharmacist, but back home in Iran is not like that. So we decide what to be when we are 18. And I did, even maybe it's much sooner because you should start the, because it's a big race to go to university is the entrance exam very difficult. So maybe from your, your 12 or 13, your mom and dad, they decide what you need to be. And uh, then you go for me, well, it was not the case. So nobody forced me, but about, I was about 18. So I had to decide. So I was good in biology and science, especially biology. So, and I, I was saying that, you know, uh, it's very difficult to be a physician, especially in Iran. And uh, I was not very interested. So, and so, and pharmacists, they had a good, very good, like in, you know, society, like positions and the status in the, in the society. So I liked it. So I took the exam. I was, it was a miracle. I was not that good to be a pharmacist, but, I was accepted miracle as a miracle. So this is how I started. When I started joined there, I saw that it's not about biology and like a kind of clinical uh, things that here in Canada, they more emphasis is on. There is about chemistry and really making molecules and pharmacy and things like that, like uh, pharmaceuticals. So I was a little bit disappointed, but uh, the last years of university was better because we had started with lots of just chemistry, chemistry. Anyways, so this is how I became a pharmacist. But then I liked it because 
very would match my personality. I wanted to like to be like one to one kind of with people and talk to them and like that. And at the same time, not very stressed under the very like very big uh, responsibilities like a physician. So I liked it. So this is how I become a pharmacist. Then, right after I heard about Canada is uh, needing like a pharmacist, and so one of my friend who is a pharmacist now in Canada, I can tell you from our class, maybe I can tell you easily 30 or 40 percent now they are just leaving Canada. So one of them just uh, suggested, okay, I'm going to Canada. Maybe you like to come. So we applied for him. It took just one or two years because he applied a little bit sooner. For me, it took about seven years. So I got married. I had my children. Lots of things happened until I accepted as a skilled worker, you know. So then I, at that time, I didn't really want to do it because, you know, I was involved in lots of, you know, things. Like I opened my pharmacies, uh, three or four pharmacies, you can say, at least three from Sketch. And um, I, they were successful. So I was doing things very fast over there. So I was hesitant to come or not. But anyways, because I had two daughters, so I really liked uh, them to have a, a better chance to grow. And I... In Canada, you know, women especially better than my country, I guess. So that's why the main reason I came here. And when I came to Canada, so what to be done better than to be a pharmacist again here? So I joined the like UFD like preparation courses. I took exams. It was very difficult. And maybe uh, I do, do you want me to go through that challenges that how to become a pharmacist here more? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it would love to hear, you know, you, I mean, you've, you arrived in, in Canada, um, as a sort of, uh, mature pharmacist, you already had a number of pharmacies in Iran. Uh, so talk to us about what it was like to, to start over again. How, how do, you know, how was it to, to get, get through all those exams, uh, and to the other side and how did you deal with that challenge? Exactly. You know, uh, at the time, I, I started uh, taking exams. Really, it was uh, maybe 15 years I was apart from that lessons and the things like. Uh, so it, it when it's very scary for you when as a pharmacist after 15 years being far from university, you want to take exams, and the exams here are very serious. I guess in North America, everywhere. So because you're going to be a pharmacist, so it's a big responsibility. Of course, uh, the exam is going to be difficult. So it was very scary. At the same time, you have two kids and you are immigrating to a new country. So they were grade one and grade uh, three. Yeah, one and three. <laughs> so primary school. And um, so very difficult for them. So first of all, their challenges. Then you have a wife. Me, I, I mean, <laughs> wife has challenges. So you have economical challenges. And at the same time, you want to go through these exams that sometimes they are very difficult even for Canadian students here. So it's, it was difficult, it's scary, but, you know, so we had some time, like two years, I put two, two and a half years for that. So, but still, maybe we needed more because we were thinking, okay, so they want pharmacies here. Maybe now they are prepared at the airport. Some people come and say, okay. This is the step one, two, three, four, five, and you just go through this and you're going to be a pharmacist here. But no, nobody knew. And, you know, 
nobody, everyone was puzzled. Just uh, the kind of immigration service was concerned mostly. So college maybe at the top part, but you don't see, you didn't see at least at that time because it, it's been a while now, 2010 I came. So not much um, that kind of real support. There were some something online you could read, but not like one-to-one, -one, like kind of mentorship or something. So you were relying on your friends. So your friends also, they are in big challenge. They are immigrants too. So they don't want to see you sometime and just, it's just fled away when they see you from far. So a new one came, you know, fresh off the boat and we needed, we need to A to Z help him. You know, it's a completely understandable for me. So you can imagine you come like that and uh, even you're not familiar with the language and everything. So I don't want to make it very scary for other people. No, it's completely uh, like achievable thing. But as a like maybe older uh, like a person, maybe it was more difficult for me. Younger people go through it much faster and easier. Anyway, so I started that and the, uh, we, that UFD uh, course helped a lot. So I, I had one, some, one fail in di different exams, like you take different exams, like one of them I failed was biggest stress. But the biggest challenge maybe is like finding a pharmacy to really see what's the situation. Because you see lots of um, like um, things, like uh, written things that say, okay, in the pharmacy you do this. If they told you this, you do this. You know, going through that is like you learn driving by just reading a book. It's all impossible. You have to go and sit down in a car. So pharmacy is the same, especially what they want here in Canada. The way we do it in Iran, even on the book, you're good. But here they really want you to be involved in the clinical aspects, so you need to be there. So I, I, there was a time I was uh, happy to pay some pharmacy. They, they give me a chance to be there for just two days, two working days, just to see what's going on. So sometimes I went to the over-the-counter area and watched them. Technically, nobody let me in. And um, maybe it was my problem, but you know, some people was much more successful than me, but I want to give my situation. I, I, I was not that lucky, so I couldn't find anyone. And uh, finally, uh, I, uh, Costco in, like in Canada, Toronto accepted me as a kind of I start working there. Then I started to be a student there, then intern after I passed some exams. So it worked for me, but it was almost uh, uh, not happening but until the last second that happened. So, um, but still in, then they said, okay, so it is a studentship. You go to pharmacy and people are more than happy to help you. No, it's not like that. Why? Because they are under lots of, they're short staff a lot of time. So they are under lots of questions, their life and their problems. So at the same time, there is a student, all the student with the, my accent and language is keep asking you questions. And, you know, they said, and, you know, in one occasion, one, one person said, you know, I'm not paid here to babysit, you know, to be, and they're right. And I understand when I'm working as a pharmacist in the pharmacy, I'm not uh, happy when people ask me questions, even my wife comes and asks me questions. So you want to be very focused. Okay. So how are we going to work for that immigrant guy? to get that information. Some people may, may, might make sacrifices. And I see in some pharmacies that happen, some of my friends, they had very, very good experiences with that. They are very appreciative. It was not like that for me, but still I'm very happy that at least they gave me the chance to be in pharmacy. So 
it is th that challenges that I counted like family, like uh, money. And the biggest one I think is the pharmacy you find and the mentorship, the good mentorship you find. So it's very difficult. And if they can make that part easier, it's a big change for life, the newcomers and the people who want to come. Because, you know, they, they, the idea is, you know, for example, there was a UFT student at the same time with me. We are accepted as a student. So I have 15 years experience in pharmacy. She, she has none. She was 10 times better than me doing everything. But everything was computer, about communication. And nobody asked me what is the side effect of, for example, isotretinoin or something. No, nobody asked me that. So everyone said, okay, build this one, put this insurance and things like that. So everyone told me, are you a pharmacist? So how you don't know this? Yes, because I'm coming from a different country, you know, <laughs> everything is different. But I completely understand from their side, they are not responsible to do that. So what I'm trying to say, maybe a better like your preparation for the people we invite can help them and us at the same time, you know, gives a better, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's funny because you know, you're explaining your, your immigrant, um, you know, situation or the fact that, you know, being an immigrant and, and people just don't have the time to kind of tell you, okay, this is how it, it should be done. But I, I look back to my previous, uh, you know, when I was an intern way back in the day, I went through a very similar experience where I didn't know anything. I knew everything I knew was from, from books. Um, nobody really had a lot of time to take me by the hand and, and kind of teach me. And I had to figure things out. Of course, I had an advantage with, you know, being native to the country or, you know, had a native language, which is a, a huge advantage. So uh, you had all those disadvantages. Plus, you know, you had to, you know, kind of figure out you know, how does it work here? You know, how, you know, kind of figure out the communication aspect. So it was, it was, you know, it's very interesting that it's a similar kind of experience, but yours is a lot more, you know, difficult. There's much higher levels of difficulty. Yeah, yeah, you know, as, as, as I said, can be completely personal. Some people, even the personality, you know, if you go there and you're a person who can then break the ice and make friends and, you know, different things. Like, for example, normally, like women are more successful in this kind of situations. They get, they do a better teamwork and things like that. Even, you know, you go and, you know, as a, as a person, like I, I used to one man show, just I'm there as a pharmacist, I'm doing everything. So now I'm working as a team. I never worked as a team, never in my life. And my uh, favorite sport was chess, you know, so I, I, I'm not a team player, you know, so as I'm saying, so yeah, of course, it's a kind of personal problem sometimes. It was big time personal problem for me. So I couldn't get that kind of friendship and was a very pleasant person that everyone wants to help, you know? So, you know, so putting them together, it can be a hell like person like me, but not for everyone. As I told you, some of my friends, they are very happy, very satisfied and they're, oh no, no, your experience yeah, is your problem, your issue. And you're right, kind of, <laughs> I understand. But uh, when these kind of things get together, it can be the, then the issue for the whole like profession too, because those people, anyways, they go to the profession. So better to, if it is possible to make a better like experience for everyone. This is my suggestion, but for me, because you asked me my experience, you know, it was kind of difficult. 
Oh, I agree. I, I think the profession can definitely do a better job across the board, uh, whatever country you're, you're talking about, to make it easier for, for interns to learn and, and feel that that teamwork and, and that camaraderie, you know, um, especially if they're not used to that experience. So I, I totally agree with you. And, and, and the thing with your journey is it actually, once you became a pharmacist, a registered pharmacist in Canada, it, it didn't get any easier, right? Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not 100% sure I got your last sentence because I cannot hear you very well, but. <laughs> oh. oh, what I said is, so, you know, you, so you, you went through and you graduated and became a uh, registered pharmacist, uh, but that was really only the start of, of, of even more issues. So tell, tell us about once you graduated and became an accredited pharmacist, you know, what kind of challenges you, you, you saw? after that yeah exactly yeah you know and when you you, you know the the way i got trained um so of course it was the beginning of some problems for me because so with that kind of training and lots of other students around me so everyone was better than me so when it was around the end of the thing i we were, we were got a kind of friend got friend with the uh manager over there and manager said you know are you to be honest you are the worst here and I cannot hire you and we want to hire. So why we should hire you? You give me one reason I hire you. We were friends at that time and it was in country like me. So Iranian. So I said, yeah, you're right. I mean, technically you don't need to hire me. I, I, I find a job and you know, being hired at, at the place was my goal, my goal of life at that time. So uh, they couldn't hire me, of course. And they get the, like a kind of feedback from everyone working in the farms and everyone get, get the worst feedback ever. And they said, okay, so we can hire you. So technically they didn't fire me. I just left and I start searching for finding a job. So, and you know, actually the main reason I'm here because I opened pharmacy, but the reason I opened pharmacy because nobody hired me and because I didn't have any other choice other than maybe you think that because I had pharmacy, so I dared to open a pharmacy. No, I didn't have much money. We were around the end of the, uh, like, you know, resources. So very, very dangerous. So um, we were thinking what we should do. And my wife was working uh, kind of part-time and kids and everything. So I said, okay, we, I go to a small town. Let's find, I, I saw Thamesville by accident. I was working as a relief pharmacist some days. And when I worked as a relief pharmacist some days, they never called me back. And you can imagine why. And um, then uh, one day I saw Thamesville on the way. It was a small town. There's a family physician there and no pharmacy. I was like, oh, they don't have pharmacy, but the physician here, a small town. So I, I shared my idea with some other friends that they had pharmacy here in Canada and uh, some Canadian. Uh, like uh, not immigrant, I mean, they were here and trained here and everything. So they said, no, that's a, the most stupid idea we ever heard. That that town has 700 population. So how many people are going to get sick? How many come to you? How many prescriptions you feel finally? So how are you going to make a living and you pay for your uh, rent and everything? So, you know, running a pharmacy has expenses, operate, operation expenses. So, uh, so I was thinking, I did my calculation. I went to Google. Uh, statistics, how many of that, those people going to be 
over 65, maybe on prescriptions, you know, this kind of statistics. And just, I found that maybe uh, there are 100, over 100 people there living with the situation that they need some, maybe four or five prescriptions. So I did my calculation. I said, okay, I do it. When I start, I, I went there, I talked to some uh, locals and there were some clubs in town. So it's very uh, important for people who want to do this in the future uh, because uh, this is my experience, worked very well for me, at least in Thamesville. So there were Sertoma Club, TIA or Thamesville Improvement Association, one, two, three of these kind of associations in that small town. So I, I talked to those people and uh, they said, oh, come here, we want the pharmacy. It's 13 years we don't have a pharmacy. Our pharmacist passed away and he had two children. They were pharmacists, but they went to other towns. Like nobody kept the pharmacy. So if you open, we will, we will appreciate it. So I really like the idea. Okay, so these people are gonna support me. You know, even if I make some money to can keep going, you know, maybe I have a future here. So I found a place very cheap to rent, very weak area, very like, I don't know, 2000, 2000 square feet or something like that. You, I paid very, like, I, I should say like $800 plus taxes. So that big area is almost nothing. So everyone was, re everything was ready. So I started and everyone told me, don't do it. Even the real estate taking me there said, hey, you're young, don't do it. <laughs> it's not gonna work here. And he was a Walmart manager before he is a real estate. So he said, I know business is not gonna work. It's a very small town, but it was working very, very well for me. But this is how, I ended up doing it. First, I was not hired. Second, I didn't have another choice. <laughs> I mean, that's what I find really fascinating because a lot of graduates, uh, no matter what age, they're always attracted to the big cities, right? They want to go to the big cities. They feel like this is where the opportunity is. And like you said, you didn't, at the end, didn't really have a choice, right? You kind of had to go and, and find your own way and, and hire yourself. And you went out into a very small town um, and, and decided to, to kind of start a pharmacy from scratch. So, you know, that is a very unique and different way of approaching it, which I, which I find is, is really, really interesting. So, so tell us about those first couple of years. How did you make this pharmacy a success with, in a town with just 700 people? Yeah, you know, uh, these things I'm saying, I'm not going to say that I was a genius and I knew it. No, I found out later, but it worked. So they, they these are the option, the items that worked. One, the pharmacy was far from other pharmacies, about at least 13 or 14 kilometers. And the, the main pharmacies that people really liked more, the more, I don't know, like, uh, the cool pharmacies like uh, shoppers and Rexall and big names, they were about 25 kilometers. So they were one to like independence about 15 kilometers. So, uh, okay, the minimum people had to go and come back is 50, 30 kilometers and can go to up to 50 kilometers. So it's very difficult and people need to pick up the medication many times. So uh, this worked because uh, technically everyone after a while wanted to come to this pharmacy closer, much more convenient. So uh, another thing is the sense of belonging that this pharmacy is our pharmacy. So the people living in that town has a sense of uh, like pride for their town. So they're proud of what they are from Thamesville. 
So I didn't notice that how deeply they are rooted in that town. Some of them generations live there. And they really value that. Now they have a pharmacy. And they did whatever they could to help this pharmacy to grow. To do, technically, you have about 100 native people there, at least I'm saying 100, can be more, that they are a big fan of you. And they go everywhere, try to bring everyone there, even their relatives, they live somewhere else. They, okay, come to here because this pharmacy is very small, needs to grow because we need a pharmacy, otherwise he goes. So it, it didn't go, but they were thinking like that. So lots of other things helped me that I couldn't even imagine before going there because I, I, we, do, we as an immigrant, we don't know the uh, like kind of society here. We don't know what's going on between people here, you know, it's not our like kind of mentality. So, but then I noticed that what's going on. So people really try to help. And the physician, for physician, you know, physician also likes that idea that there is a pharmacy close because very easier to fix problems and communicate. So everyone likes you when you do it in a small town normally. Like it can be sometimes different, but this was the thing that really helped me. And what can, can I say? Like when you're in a rural area like that, so the amount of money you get for prescriptions are more than the, the pharmacies they are in a bigger town. I didn't know that. Almost none of my friends, they were here in 20 years in that, even they were manager and district manager, believe me, they didn't know. Nobody knew this. So when I opened the pharmacy, they asked me, okay, how much is your fee or whatever? I said this. I said, why? It should be this much. So a lot of things that I'm not saying that other people didn't want to tell me, they didn't even know. So when, so these things maybe the person sh but should uh, do the research before doing it, you know, but because I didn't have any other choice, I didn't do the research. And um, so different uh, things. So first you make more money for each person, then people more eager to come to you and people are advertising for you. Everyone is at, and, and there's a word of mouth is like the strongest advertisement, I think, because you rely on what your brother, your sister, your cousin tells you, than like advertisement, you know. And a, a, another big item is uh, people really um, are in favor of uh, small businesses, like independent businesses. I don't want that in another world. <laughs> so they like to help you, you know. They want to see your rivals crash down, maybe sometimes like that. So you have different like kind of mentality there. And especially when you go in, you know, there are different areas of like, like jobs, or, like people, like, for example, you go in a big town, so you have every kind of people around you, you're a small town, different. So at least in that area, in that town, I'm not saying that every small town can be the same, no, maybe completely, but this is my experience. And this is what they told me. They said, oh, I said, why, why you're coming? And some of them, they worked, for example, very close to some very big stores. And I said, no, no, we want you small businesses to grow. They are big enough. Why, you know, things like that is in favor of independent, uh, like businesses and especially farms. Yeah, I think it's, I think what you said is really interesting because a lot of, uh, a lot of pharmacists who are trying to get into ownership they immediately think about going to a big city because that's where the people are, right? But there's also a lot more competition in the big cities. The rent 
is usually very, very high. Your expenses are high and there's not that sense of community and ownership that you're talking about in a smaller town where the community really feels like this is our pharmacy. You know, we want to support this pharmacy and, and help grow it. So you're a lot of those, I don't think a lot of uh, potential uh, prospective pharmacy owners really think about that, you know, and, and kind of understand that. Would you agree? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, maybe I forgot to say that, that part and you added good things to that. And, you know, uh, the main, main maybe thing is that how much, how, how long you can survive because not everyone, even in that situation, everyone comes in one day, takes months and years. People come, some people came after five years and they were my close friend in that town. And I was looking at them and they brought the prescription. So we want to transfer to you. And we were very close friends. We were eat together. We go out together. And um, with that small uh, amount of rent I was paying and uh, all the other expenses, even even expense of living, because when we live in the rural area, even the your life expenses comes down a lot of time. It was the case there. So yeah, that one is a very big item because I had friends that they opened the pharmacy. They are very, very good pharmacists, very uh, competitive and very like active, but uh, the uh, the costs were kind of killing them because they couldn't survive like more than six months, eight months. So it makes everything very hectic, very no, not a good experience. But for me, it was very smoothly went through. But yes, that one was a very big one that I maybe forgot. Yeah, no, and you know you were so successful that you ended up purchasing a second pharmacy. So tell me a little bit about that and, you know, just share some insights on, on the lessons you learned from the first pharmacy that you bought, which you kind of had to buy, right? You know, you didn't really have a choice. So you, you jumped in uh, and you bought it, but then you decided to expand to a second pharmacy business. So tell me about that and, and some of the lessons you learned um, that you applied to your second pharmacy. Uh, you know, actually, Woody Allen. The great Woody Allen is in one of his stand-up comedies says that, you know, uh, uh, my first marriage, we got divorced and we had lots of problems and fights. So in the second marriage, I used all the experience, you know, my, his first marriage was maybe three years. That I used all the experience from first marriage for the second one. And it really worked. And in two months, we got separated in second divorce <laughs> in two months or so. So... A lot of time, you know, you learn a lot, but not necessarily everything you learn from one business go, works for second one. This is my uh, maybe like kind of warning for people. Yes, but every situation can be a little bit different. And now I learned a good lesson, really, because the first one, I just okay, said, okay, another small town, I, cho I choose a little bit bigger even with the family physician and everything, but not necessarily the same things happened. There were not that communities in that town. So I forgot about that, that that communities helped me big time. And uh, some other things, like for example, right after I started, COVID started. So how do you know that COVID gonna start? And everyone went to home. So, you know, to, so beginning of 2020, I started farms. In two months, three months, everyone was locked down. So. Uh, so not necessarily, so business is a very, I really like business and like as a science. And uh, it's really uh, teaches you lessons. 
that you should be very cautious. Sometimes even super cautious and it still doesn't work sometimes. So you should be lucky too. So, uh, but a lot of lessons like communication, how to communicate with people here. Big time helped me here. But how, first maybe I should go, why I started the second pharmacy? Because I don't have economic ambitions that much. You know, actually uh, I had friends uh, and they, they were working for some pharmacies. When they saw that I have a I open pharmacy, everything good, successful, they opened their own pharmacies. Some of them, and one of my friends, especially this one, uh, said, okay, why we don't open a pharmacy? Because now you can, and I run it, and we will be share, and you know, because I don't have any resources to do it. I said, okay, let's do it. So we started, but finally, uh, that person couldn't come, finally left, and the second person came and left. And then I cannot tell you after why I started the second one was really, I wanted to help one person. And I really loved the idea that the towns that they didn't have pharmacy gonna have pharmacy. So I'm giving back to the society that really helped me. You know, Canadian society, really Canada, really did the biggest favor for my life, in my life. So I really, if I can do something for this country, I do. So I thought, okay, this this town, the second one called Teeswater, the where, where I'm right now, uh, had 1,000 population. 33 years or 35 years didn't have any pharmacy. So I thought, okay, good. Now they're gonna have a pharmacy, and they are 15 kilometers for another pharmacy. Everything the same. So I thought, okay, we do it. We help them, helps us, and one pharmacist finds a good job because I really like this job as a like owner. And um, anyway, so this is how we started there. And uh, I used the experiences and some of them worked, some of them didn't. And so this one for many reasons didn't go as good, but now, and now it's four years after I opened the pharmacy, this December gonna be four years. So uh, it was, it is almost uh, going the same where that other pharmacy went in three years. So a little bit behind, but this one also good. And uh, maybe that one went too too good, too fast. But um, yeah, this is how uh, I came to here and how I used that lessons that all of them didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> well, you talk about giving back, right? And not only are you giving back by going to communities and opening pharmacies that, that don't have any, but uh, I think you were telling me when we were speaking before the podcast that you you try and help immigrants uh, get through the exams to to become registered in Canada. So, so tell us a little bit about what you do um, to help give back in that yeah. way. Uh, to, uh, actually, uh, uh, I when I failed my exam, one of the exams, which is a kind of a verbal exam. So and you know I had difficulties in the speaking and the communication. So I failed that. So it really uh, frustrated frustrated me at that, that time. So I tried to do a lot of research about that exam and because I knew that how a big uh, like stress it causes for families, not even for the person, for the family, because we, we have people who use their three atoms and four atoms and they cannot be a pharmacist at all. After four atoms, you fail, you cannot continue. So I saw that kind of situations and so I was thinking, so there should be a good way. And I'm very good in taking exams, actually, uh, with low knowledge and good results. You know, I'm kind of a tech 
technician in how to pass exams, especially the ones that is written, but I never did for verbal. So I did my research, to be honest, maybe three, four hours, at least research on the how to pass exam, not about the scientific part. Of it. So I was doing different um, ex like examinations, like and tests. And finally I found out, okay, so it's very easy. And uh, I started at the same time I was training for my next exam. I trained one, two people that they were my close friends. They were taking the exam for the first time. So they all passed, I passed. Then I said, oh, it works because I had some ideas, so it worked. So I started advertising. However, it was, I don't call it just giving back, but you know, I was doing some business like that. You know, I had, uh, I charged people for that, but not a big amount of money, like some and uh, affordable. Uh, and uh, so I had uh, like kind of, but I did it free after that. But for some time that were very successful time, about one year, I did it as different uh, group of people and they were maybe other than one, all of them successful. And uh, so, and even after when I opened my pharmacy, I was busier, but still I tried to help. Uh, I went back to Toronto three hours on weekend, every weekend and have sessions free for some uh, friends, not friends, but we just got friends because they knew that I can teach. And, um, you know, they passed, they passed the exam. I was very successful that way and very happy and uh, gave me lots of energy, but not the same energy gave to my family because they said you work all weekdays and on your weekends, you go to your sessions with your colleagues. So it didn't work in my life. And especially I, I had to commute to back and forth to Toronto. So I was very busy. So I'm not doing it anymore. I love to, if I can, but I don't think I'm as updated that I was like five years ago. But uh, yeah, it was the way I did that. And really, really good thing to do. It keeps you updated at the same time, helps some uh, colleagues and, you know, decreases the stress. You know, the second time I wanted to take the exam, my uh, younger daughter, she was maybe grade two or three at that time. She came to me. I was reading my books. It was 12 or 11 p.m. She came to me and said, you're still reading? Because I couldn't play with them, talk to them. And, and I said, yes. I said, this is the last time you can take the exam. Don't do it again, pass it. And she left. <laughs> and, and now she is, she grown up, she goes to university now. But I re remind her when she has an exam, they pass it with an A, A plus. This is the last chance. But, you know, I'm saying that, I, I, you know, how much stress it causes for the family because they don't have life. It's not just you. So uh, it's good to help other people don't have the same, you know, experiences. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a lot of pressure from your daughter to you have to pass. <laughs> you know, you're not going to get another opportunity. Uh, but it, it does show you that there's there are a lot of sacrifices uh, in yeah. in the immigrant experience and, and you know, you sacrifice time with your family and you, and you sacrifice time to do the exams and, and the time to open pharmacies and build them up. Cause it's, it's a, it takes a lot of time and effort. So tell me a little bit more, what, what's been the best part of the experience and, and what's also been the worst part? The, the best, the, you mean uh, having uh, being a pharmacy owner or the immigration? The, the whole experience, immigrating over, you know, buying the pharmacy. You know, what, what's been the, the best part of all of that when you look back on a you know, pretty hard 
uh, you know, difficult journey and, and what's kind of been the, the parts that you enjoyed the least, I should say. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, the best part I enjoyed is it was the, uh, being retrained as a pharmacist. It was really gave me a better, because, you know, I was trained one time. I went and worked for some years. I had lots of experience in the real situations. And then I came back and I had to very, with all my uh, capacity, study again. So I did. And it was, it gave me a very good uh, kind of sense of uh, being knowledgeable or whatever you want to call it, like empowered as a pharmacist, I can say. It's, it's not just about knowledge. It's about having some experience. And now you have the knowledge after that you put it in the right, you know, combination. So then you can apply it. So it, it, it was the best part of this immigration for me. And what I cannot say, it was just the only one, but, you know, knowing like being able to be part of a society when you are a pharmacy owner, maybe there are lots of immigrants. They are hearing me now uh, or going to hear me, but uh, maybe they are part of society and they feel part of society. But to be honest, being a, a pharmacy owner, the level of being a part of society going to be maybe higher. I'm not hundred percent sure about it, but it, that sense of being accepted as a new, your new society, uh, it was also very like uh, pleasant to me. So this parts the best things. But if I want to say worse, I cannot. I, I, I didn't see anything really bad during these things. Everything there are difficulties. You cannot say like. But the most difficult part is, again, passing the same exams. But if you don't have that difficulty, you don't have this sense of pleasure after. So every like reward, you know, no pain, no gain. But there is some pain and we didn't do it by our choice from the immigration was not our choice, a lot big part of it. And then taking exam, then opening a pharmacy. Most of them I had to, it was like my first move. And but finally ended up very good for me and really enjoyed it. And uh, I, I can't ask, for example, Canadian go and immigrate to any other country than enjoy it. But for immigrants coming here is a very good experience. No, that's great. That's great. And uh, leads me to my next question, is, which is what advice would you give other pharmacists, immigrant or not immigrant, uh, that are considering opening their, uh, uh, their own pharmacy in a rural area like you did? Uh, what advice would you give them to, to be successful? Okay, very good. You know, the, the main thing is be realistic and be honest with you. Uh, do you like that lifestyle, living in a small town, rural area? If you don't, maybe even if it's gonna, you're going to be a successful pharmacy owner, but not a successful person in your life then. So I don't want to say, oh, everything going to be a heaven in you. So be realistic and see, and maybe t try it a little bit first, because that's a big, big part. If you enjoy living in that small town, enjoy being with the, that people living in a small town and enjoy the same in things they enjoy and everything. So the success of your pharmacy gonna be much faster and better. But if you don't, and some people I see open a pharmacy in a small town, but they live 200 kilometers apart. 
you know, it doesn't give a good sense of belonging to people living there. Why? They, the first question they say, why he is not living here? Why he lives like 150 kilometers every day, goes and comes back? What's wrong with here? You know, so things like that. But it's still going to be successful. They're going to appreciate having a pharmacy. But I mean, to be very successful, so first they should be honest with themselves, realistic, and they know it's not going to be a very, very like a super uh, like successful thing to happen, but they should be realistic. They consider maybe like lower kind of goals, at least for short term. And if they can take it, then they go for it. And what I'm my second thing going to be that advice that it, big, big uh, chance to work, but first it should be far enough from like some play, people open a farm in a rural area, they call it, but they are, for example, five kilometers to a Costco. And um, they say is a rural area because this town has 400 population. Yes, but five kilometers to a big uh, pharmacy, you know. So uh, you should be far enough. You should, you know, you should know that why people should come to you. You should answer that question. If you have a good answer for that question, you're going to be 100% successful because people have the reason to come to you. There should be something different about you that brings people. You're closer, you're cheaper, you're a better service, but that service, you don't count on it because mostly pharmacies are competent and they give the very good standard service. So what do you want to do more than that? But mostly going to be realistic things like how difficult it is for people because people try to be... Uh, to stay with their former pharmacies, like, you know, because they used to them. Some, when I came to Teeswater, some people here, they were going to their other pharmacy for 30, 35 years, 35 years ago to the same pharmacy and open, like if you pick up the medication and see the same people, or at least you go to the same area, it's very difficult to change it, like addiction. So it should be realistic. They're not gonna come tomorrow, especially those people. So you should wait for them and give them time and things like that. So maybe to put it in a nutshell, be realistic and everything's going to work. I think that's great advice. And, uh, you know, what, what thing you said about finding, you know, finding your, your niche, what makes you different, you know, understanding that it's going to take time and it's, it's going to be a process, uh, but that you have the time. If you're in a, in a smaller town, with lower costs and a higher profit margin, you're gonna have the time to build that customer base. And that's what you found. I mean, that's fantastic, uh, you know, and it's great to see that your hard work is, is paying off. Uh, and it's, I think, very inspiring for our listeners to hear about your journey and the difficulties you went through, the, the fact that you, didn't have a lot of help and support and you kind of got thrown into something and, and almost by accident, you ended up on the right path uh, to success. So it's, it's very inspiring to hear and um, really appreciate you, uh, you know, sharing your story, Ariel. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for joining us today on the Pharmacy View podcast. And don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment if you found this episode of value or have any feedback. Podcast episodes are promoted through social media, LinkedIn, 
YouTube, and major podcast mediums. And each episode can be found on the Pharmacy View webpage with links to guest contact and business details. If you're a pharmacist or industry support supplier and would like to join us on an episode, send us a message through LinkedIn or complete the inquiry form on the Pharmacy View webpage. I'm your host, Michael Alexander, pharmacist and co-founder of the communication intelligence platform, Ottery. On behalf of Shopfront Solutions and Arion Technologies, thanks again for joining us today on the Pharmacy View podcast.